out on the road Waiting for a new episode We've been thinking of you And just what you need Oh yeah, yeah Now that the show's underway I guess we can call it a day You're ready for Welcome back to another episode of the Bowfinger Minute Podcast. Each week, Movies by Minutes hosts examine the 1999 Frank Oz-directed comedy Bowfinger, one minute of screen time per episode. I am Jake Lewitt. And I'm Mark Hoffmeyer. And you can normally hear us over at Con Air, the podcast, or Deep Blue Sea, the podcast, where we're going through Con Air, scene by scene. And we have been through the entire Deep Blue Sea trilogy, scene by scene. And I miss are, it. I miss we, it, yeah, Jay. I miss Deep, talking about Deep Blue Sea. Deep Blue Sea. I, I, I love Con Air. It's not a knock on Con Air. I just do you ever do you ever like I feel like I'm on a outside and the uh, shop is closed and I'm just looking inside and all of the Deep Blue Sea cast members are just partying inside and I'm just stuck at the window breathing on it while they enjoy themselves. Well, we're we're recording this the the week that the Oscar nominations got announced. <laughs> And there was all these things going around the internet of like people reposting. Oh, what if the Oscar movies all were like screenshots from Muppets or like Oscars screenshots from Nick Cage films? And I'm like, ah, oh. uh, I had a moment of like, what if it was uh, shots from Deep Blue Sea? And oh. so I so I started doing them. <laughs> I did a couple, but I kind of like I I haven't seen all the Best Picture nominees, so I couldn't. I don't know what do you do for I don't know what happens in women talking. I haven't seen. <laughs> Oh, I mean, let's see, women talking. I mean, she. I was trying to think: is there a scene where uh, uh, Janice and uh, Susan talk to each other? I don't think there is. I don't think Deep Sea passes the backdoor test. Well, she talks <laughs> to her. She talks. She talks to her shark. Like you may be an apex predator, but I'm yeah. the. That so then, work. women talk. Like you could put the two of them looking at each other. So I could had, you do all quiet uh, on the Western Front? I haven't seen that one either, but I couldn't think of like a war book one be, but I had uh, them flying in the plane for Top Gun Maverick, like descending <laughs> upon the island. I had uh, the parting on the boat for Triangle of Sadness. Yes! I had uh, Preacher with the camera for the Fablemans doing his monologue, <laughs> and my favourite one was <laughs> the shark about to bite Jim's hand for the Banshees of Inner Sharon. Oh <laughs> my gosh! So, th- right, so then what else do we have left? Tar? Tar? I couldn't I was, look, I was looking at the the music video, the deepest bluest, because mm-hmm. that has a full orchestra and like LL Cool J in the middle. Oh, <laughs> we need to finish this tonight. And then okay. women talking, she talks to the uh, the the Shock. she's talking uh, to it at the end. What about Elvis? Elvis. Yeah. All right, so you got Tom Hanks in prosthetic. You got Elvis performing. Rise. There's, like, there's like the, the party scene where there is some dancing. <sighs> like the hips, news. like moving the hip, like. Let's see, Elvis. It's just so Boz Lerman-y. It doesn't really go with Rennie Harlan. Yeah, there's not a lot that's Australia-based around. We'll figure it out. Wait, wait. Um, Janet? Janice. She's Australian. 
Uh, uh, Jacqueline McKenzie. Yeah. Yeah, okay. I don't think there's a direct line there. That's a deep cut, dude. That's a deep, deep cut. But Elvis isn't, but that's, I think that's too deep. That's, wow. that's, deep, that's too deep? It's directed, deep? but it's too deep, but not blue or sea enough. Uh, okay. <laughs> what about everyone dancing on the boat? Uh, yeah, that could work. Everyone dancing on the boat. And then, what, what would you do for a quiet on the Western Front? Then, like, I mean, um, battle movie. I mean, the kitchen fight, you could, you could, oh yeah. Well, maybe like the kitchen fight. Does anyone use a blunt object in it? Uh, no. There's a great shovel bit in All Quiet on the Western Front. There's a great clothing bit in it too. There's a scene with a goose. No, can't do that. It's like Avatar, way of, uh, way of water is easy because it's just anything with a shark in it. Any of the underwater shots. So that's, that's, easy. <laughs> that's fine. What, just, what about when preachers just lay in there? When preachers just well after he's been like towards the end. Yeah, because a lot of the all quiet on the Western Front is just gore and blood and sad and. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I like the uh, thing with the gun though. Do the thing with the gun. That makes the most sense. Okay, and I think that. Oh, and then everything everywhere all at once is the only oh. ones left. Are there rocks? Are there? There's, I don't think so. Jamie Lee Curtis. She's definitely Let's not in Deep Sea. They're looking at computers, don't they? Look at a, a lot of computers and everything everywhere all at once. What about yeah? What about um, preacher with his lighter? I kind of feel like no one fights. Michelle Yeoh is posing. Um, laundry? Is there laundry in it? Are I there hot dogs? So. I don't think Helsinki Hollandaise. No, that's a different thing. Yeah, that's <laughs> true. Oh no, yeah, it's, yeah. I, I went Hollandaise hot dog. Yeah. Let's see. Do they cook? Is there laundry? Let's see. Are there rocks? Is there? I mean, there people typing on computers. Funny headsets. Um. I think the, like there's there are there's like scenes where everyone's crowded around a computer screen. I think that might be the closest we could do. Yeah, because they're always um, looking for jump portals. Yeah. It's a shame that when uh, Sam Jackson does the tourniquet on Jim's arm. It's with a belt and not a bum bag. Although that would have worked. <laughs> yeah. Well, or a fanny bag, sorry. Uh, yeah. Okay, I'll try and I'll try and do that, and then listeners, you can uh, look at the Deep Lucy Deep Lucy Pod Twitter feed to work out what we eventually picked. But Good today time. we're talking about Bowfinger. Bowfinger minute five. As as you've been listening all week, you'd know that different hosts have been doing every day this week. Uh, we we volunteered to take up select number five. You will hear us again later in this season, in, in only a few weeks' time for a later. Full week, but say we're talking about minute five of Bowfinger. What happens in minute five of Bowfinger? Well, it's mainly Bobby Bowfinger is is calling up a bunch of people. He gets some some opening credits on the film. He's he's talking to people on a voicemail. That's what that's what he's doing in this minute. Uh, so, uh, who is he talking to? Who? Are, well, actually, credits and the, the opening credits that we get are are fun. Uh, we get let's get a few names in here. People uh, very important in the making of the film. You want to hear something cool? The, you know, Always. the original uh, opening of this film was they started in the really rich areas of L.A. and Beverly Hills. And then this helicopter shot short, uh, moved slowly, slowly, slowly to the, the poorer areas where Bowfinger lives. And when they did the screenings for this movie, both Steve Martin and Frank Oz were like, this says nothing about the character. And it's kind of like, oh, look, our character's poor. Ha, ha, yeah. ha, ha, ha. So they got rid of that. Steve Martin rewrote the scene. They ended up 
showing the house. They didn't want to show old photos of him. And they wanted to introduce the three characters because they're so important to the film. And they also shot it specifically with the titles in mind. So he's on the right third. A lot of the credits are on the left third. And he and he dropped his head to show his ponytail. Yeah. I just think it's really like they had him do like he had him do that. So they wanted to introduce their characters, show that they're part of the team, show that he's all alone without saying it. And then sort of set up that none of them, you know, one of them's tired of them. Another one's going to go to Montreal and kind of set up a ticking clock for him all in the first five minutes of this movie. So you establish he's alone. They also he also said that they use a very classy song, which I kind of love. That makes me happy. Like there's always one more time. And it's just a a nice it's not really representative of the entire film. I would say because it's just so warm and low key and the rest of it's butter. It's butter. It's butter. It's cheeky, baby. It's cheeky, baby. Well, what's cheeky, baby? What? what, what? I will not show it to the Lakers. (laughs) (laughs) You will not show Mr. Weenie to the Laker girls. And that's our chapter later on. So it's totally fun to talk about it. But yeah, it's I I like how they had to reshoot it. And they came up with this where it's very warm with the credits in mind. And it it says something about the character without someone going, oh, that Bowfinger. Oh, he is a shysty one. Uh," You know, just really bad expository dialogue. And they just show you it. So Martin went back and wrote it, and that's how this scene came about. I, I like it. And I mean, they could have, I guess, if they wanted to show the disparity between like the wealthy and the less wealthy, they could have like started at Kit Ramsey's mansion and then panned over to get to Bowfinger. But I like that we don't we don't meet Kit Ramsey for ages. For like not until our our first <laughs> chapter in a few weeks, a few our first minute in a few weeks' time. I like that it's Bowfinger's film, and and Eddie Murphy comes in later. Yeah, so yeah. This is, and you do pick up a lot if you're like paying attention to around his house, all the little things tacked to the walls. I'm sure have been mentioned earlier in the week. Well, well there's not as much to discuss in in, in their minutes. Uh, but yeah, I, I like that this picture that we're given of guy who it, it's just kind of not worked out for him. I I, I like mm-hmm. this, but we we see credits on the screen for the music supervisor Shaila McCurry, who. I just had a look at the work they've been involved with that I'm familiar with. So uh, they also did music supervision for Kingpin, uh, Men in Black, not another teen movie. Anaconda's The Hunt for the Blood Orchid. Not Anaconda, sadly. Anaconda's the sequel. Uh, And uh, The Pink Panther, the Steve Martin version. Then they they also, they they hooked onto Will Smith for a while. They did Men in Black 1 and 2, Hitch, Pursuit of Happiness, Seven Pounds, and The Karate Kid with with, um, Jaden Smith. So they hitched uh, their trailer. They did. To Will they Smith. On the, the Smith train. Uh, we get uh, cost, costume designer Joseph G. Aloisi, who did costume designing on Shaft. This is the original Shaft in the 70s. And the original Death wow. Wish. Uh, Die hey. Hard Vengeance, Bicentennial Man, uh, both Charlie's Angels films. And then a lot of things with Steve Martin. Uh, Chief of and 2, Pink Panther, Pink Panther 2, and Billy Lynn's Long Halftime Walk. So hmm. just... Working people. We get edited by Richard Pearson. Other films edited by Richard Pearson. Muppets from Space. Men in yes. Black 2. The Rundown. A very marked film, I think. <laughs> yeah. The Rundown? Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Born Su- Sean Born William Su- Scott? Yeah. Uh, Born Supremacy, United 93, Blades of Glory, Quantum of Solace, Iron Man 2, Justice League, Godzilla King of Monsters, Wonder Woman 1984, Dracula Untold. I think that is a list. Of the worst films in a lot of franchises. 
Hey now. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not saying Richard Pearson is cursed, because he also worked on like Thomas Garland. Great film. He did like a lot of like Muppets from Space often decided to be the worst Muppet film. Men in Black 2, the worst in the Men in Black films. <laughs> oh, well, that's true. Of the original Bond, Bond trilogy, Supremacy is most people's least favourite. One from Solace, the worst Daniel Craig Bond film, Iron Man 2, one of the worst MCU wow. films. It's just, so it's, it's a bad cursed. run. It's a bad run. And he did Uncharted as well. And, uh, oh, Lyle, that's your Lyle favorite movie of 2022. Uncharted, the, the, only film I bailed on halfway through in 2023. <laughs> I think for me, when there's treasure involved, I'm just going to see it through. The Rundown is treasure, and it's a very, it's a much better movie. I was going to say very better, but I guess it is very it's, it's better. It's very better. Yeah, it's better. It's better. It's better. It's better. <laughs> it's better. It's better. It's better. It's better. It's better. It's better. It's uh, production designer Jackson Degovia also worked on Rima Williams' Adventure Begins, Roxanne, Die Hard, did production design for Die Hard. Jeez. Uh, Hudson Hawk, Sister Act, Speed, Multiplicity, Volcano, 40-Year-Old Virgin, and Forgetting Sarah Marshall. L.A. Uh, guy. The... Sorry? L.A. guy. Yes, L.A. guy, very much so. And then uh, D.O.P. Rudy Steiger, apologies, that's not how your name is pronounced, did D.O.P. on uh, Mozilla 98. Rockstar, bro. Timmy Ollie. Yeah. Uh, Austin, Austin, Austin Powers by Shagmi, Now for Tomorrow, 10,000 B.C. Additional photographer for Independence Day, and the long kiss goodnight. Hey! See fave. And then the director of the second unit DOP on Doctor Strange, Sathura, a space adventure, Holes, The Patriot, and a little film I like to call Bon Air. Wow. Yeah. Tying it together with the film we, with that we cover. You're an impressive man, Jay. You're an impressive bon man. I tied it in. And also, you know, uh, long kiss goodnight. Uh, oh, another Rennie Harlan classic. Absolutely. And then we have the exec producers, Karen Kahila and Brian Grazer. You don't need too many producers when Brian Grazer's involved. Yeah. Some of these indie producers. movies like Pig, there's 23 producers. But if you see a Brian Grazer, but yeah. Oh, uh, Brian Grazer isn't actually a name I'd heard before. No, I'm, not, I'm not super familiar with movie producers, it turns out. So oh, okay. I clicked on this guy and he's like, wait, you've played yourself in The Simpsons? And... and um, well, he's played himself in, a, in Simpsons and, and uh, Arrested Development. She's a producer it's on a Ron Howard out. joint. Yeah, I mean he's a, he's a Ron Howard guy. He did the Dementia Code and every other Ron Howard film I could see. Um, he cashes checks. Yeah, he's played himself four times in, in numerous things, and he also he's a producer on 195 episodes of 24. So wow, he's just rolling in it. Jake, you do me a favor. Absolutely. Can you we never ever cover in the heart of the sea on Deep Blue Sea the oh, podcast? I have never seen it, nor do I want to. It, I, I've, I, I've. There is a guy I work with who loves it, and his opinions are terrible. So I have assumed that this is an awful film. I'm working on this <laughs> giant assignment, and I'm I had to rewatch it, and because Chris Hemsworth is in it, and you know it's uh it's just there's scenes where they're just slaughtering whales, and they're like yeehaw, woo yeah yeah. Oh. And then a giant whale attacks them, and you're supposed to be like, oh, they're, oh, these poor guys. Like, oh, I went Christopher Walken there. You did. And, and <laughs> oh, oh, the, 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 the whale is attacking them. But yet you, I don't know where that came from, but it's, but then you watch Rush, and it's incredible. And then you watch 13 Lives, and it's incredible. 
But then you watch the Da Vinci Code and you're going, what happened to me? Oh, and Ron Howard. Apollo 13, one yeah. of the best films ever made. Like, <laughs> they built a set inside NASA's Vomit Comet and shot in like in zero G to get that weightlessness. Like that it's is a, a it's a perfect film. Billy Pax is in it. Kevin B. Eddie H. It's Tommy a, H. Um, um, Gary S. Kath Kath Q. Is in it. <laughs> I will say. Like what did I just I just watched a man named Otto, and that might be one of my least favorite films since Larry Crown. I was going to say Larry Crown's good. If you're going to say your least favorite Tom Hanks film, I was like, ah, Larry Crown, he's on a moped. He does not understand the real world. <laughs> what, Tom, Tom Hanks? No, he does not. <laughs> when he makes a movie about the real world, or, hey, I'm charming, let's be heartwarming, like, let's tell the story of the world, it makes me want to puke. Because Tom Hanks has been on film sets for the last 40 years, and in mansions, away from people justifiably one of the biggest actors on the planet you don't want he doesn't want to go to walmart and hang out with people he doesn't want to go to target and hang out with people he doesn't want to go to h-mart and hang out with people he doesn't want to go to h-e-b and hang out with people like so he's just he's like oh i'm gonna go make a movie about the the middle class and then he makes a movie about the little class and a middle class and I go, oh <laughs> yeah i'm trying to think when's, when's the last time he played just a regular guy like terminal i i i almost melted into the floor yeah i did uh, when he Bridge was of spies okay Bridge of spies i feel like he's he's a cad in that one the lawyer sharp talking yeah he, I he's mean, he's I perfect in it though it's he should have gotten an oscar nom he was absolutely he, when he's or he should have won when he's sitting there in the beginning talking with the cold but he's not no, trying to be a regular captain, dude they send him captain to russia phillips? captain phillips maybe yeah but I know, he's, he's not a, a captain boat. yeah he's, and like i'm in charge but yeah, when he's just a guy, oh man, I am cranky or I'm going to fall in love with a married alcoholic, Julia Roberts, whose husband is addicted to porn. And we're going to have kind of a weird affair. And I'm going to join a moped gang and just, oh, gosh, get, get out of here. Stop trying to try, stop trying to be a blue collar guy. Tom Hanks. Just, I love Greyhound. Do Greyhound too. I fell asleep in Greyhound. Uh, a, a short film. <laughs> I like the leadership in that, and there's a lot of great coffee drinking. So whenever there's great coffee drinking on scene, on screen, I'm always about it. Well, there is a mug. Steve Martin has a mug, but he is not drinking from it in in this scene. I did think that was interesting, though. Like this is pretty good storytelling in the fact that by the fourth, the fourth to fifth minute in this movie, or the fifth minute, you know the three characters. They're coming over, and you know he has a script that's good, and you know he's alone. That's pretty Wait. efficient storytelling. Yeah, because, I mean, uh, yesterday you would have, they would have talked about uh, Christine Bransky's character, so she's already coming as an actress. Here, he, he leaves a message for Dave uh, to get him a Mercedes for, for tomorrow. Yeah. Find out where Jerry Renfro is having lunch. Don't think about it. Just do it. You're my buddy. Uh, I love that it's he's leaving a message, and I don't think he ever gets a reply. Dave strikes me as somebody who never responds. He just he's gets on it set. Done. Right. He, I mean, he, obviously, he's, he's busy. He can't reply. But I feel <laughs> like he's getting this message, and I think, oh, Okay, we're gonna get Mercedes. What's Jerry? He's gonna get it done, but never actually reply. And yeah. I just love how much faith Bowfinger has in him. That like he doesn't need to worry. He doesn't need to call Dave back and check anything's happening. He's just gonna. He's made the call tomorrow. There'll be a Mercedes. There'll be a post-it saying where Jerry Renfro is having lunch. As he's gonna happen. So I, I just love that faith. Yeah. And then you have uh, Afram, uh, who he calls saying it's a great script. I love Afram's response of Is it? <laughs> 
point of yeah. Yes. He has no faith in his own script. Yeah, really? We're so you're getting, you're getting so much character from from these other supporting characters. You know a lot about them as well. It's like it is so. He likes my script. How much he's saying he likes my script in the background. To a room full of people or no people, he's just happy. I don't know. It sounds like his family. Good. Yeah, I imagine he's at, he's at work. That's so yeah. I think, he, I think he works for his family. I can't remember. And then they're all happy, and another dude's just tired of them. Like, uh, yeah. it's later. <laughs> it's Bowfinger hanging up. Uh, <laughs> uh, he's he's got that just woken up, that like, croaky voice. It's, it's always good. And I, I, it's it's telling that these are all on his speed dial. He's just pressing one button to gauge them to cool. Like, he's the only people he knows. These are his most cooled people. And they're yeah, people but... that he's let down who <laughs> don't want to work with him anymore. <laughs> you know what I kind of like, too, is his bills are behind and everything, but he still has a relatively clean home. It's quaint. You could have had him as a total bum. Does that mean like just like, like does that make sense? You could have had him as a you know those movies where they're just down and out in a hotel room and it's all dirty and you know they have everywhere. cocaine yeah. bubbles in their noses and they're just done. Like, this is a really thing. different. So he's down, but he and out, but he's not out out. Does that make sense? He's still reasonably. He still takes care of himself, if that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, I, I feel like if this script and this motivation to make this film hadn't come along, then given a month, then he might be in that position. Mm-hmm. Because like the the phone is being cut off soon. <laughs> everything is being cut off soon. So once everything gets cut off, then yeah, he's going to be stuck a little bit. He's, <sighs> yeah, he's almost there. He's got it. It's better. It's better. It's better. It's better. He's, he's good chat. This is good. I, I really like listening to the commentary on this. Frank Oz was very honest about it, and it was interesting that they shot with the credits in mind. Made me happy. Yeah, it was good. Yeah, or with uh, the title cards. Yeah, yeah. So, did you have any more notes for this this uh, minute? Listen, y'all. I just hope you enjoy this series because Bowfinger is incredible, and we'll be back in oh, eleven episodes or so. Three weeks. Yeah. Two or three weeks. I can't remember. Yeah. So you can either so, skip us or, you know, you can <laughs> see where we're going. It's like a time machine, Jay, because we recorded those episodes a while ago. We did. Yeah, it was about a few weeks ago. Yeah, this has been fun dipping our toes back into the Bowfinger pool. Uh, but if you've uh, if you've enjoyed us here, then you can find us over at Conair, the podcast, or Deep Blue Sea, the podcast, where on Conair we're going through scene by scene. Uh, minute by minute didn't really fit our schedules. We prefer one episode a week. About an hour talking about two or three minutes of Connor. And as I said, we've done Deep Blue Sea and Deep Blue Sea 2 and Deep Blue Sea 3. Yeah. Sequels that do exist and should be watched and should be listened to us discussing. And we, we had a lot of fun on those episodes talking about mm. some films that aren't as good as Deep Blue Sea, but that we still really like. Mm. Have lots of fun shark action. And we're now looking at Deep Blue Sea adjacent films. So that's films directed by Rennie Harlan or featuring sharks or lots of aquatic action or they have a scene that's like Deep Blue, Deep Blue Sea adjacent. In some way, kitchen then fights. we're talking about those kitchen fights or sharks or people being killed messily around water, uh, Jurassic World, that kind of thing. Uh, we're having a lot of fun over that. As I see the Harry Potter scene where the guy turns into a shark, sort of thing. Uh, so check us out over that. Uh, but Mark, what else have you got to plug? Just that in movies, films, and flicks, movies, films, and FLIX. It's a podcast. Listen to it; it'll change your life. And you can find me once a month uh, hosting movie trivia on Lampity. Over on the Lambcast, which is the official podcast of the large association of movie blogs, which you can find at largeassmovieblogs.com. And my personal site is Life vs. Phil. 
Com. And as this is a Friday episode, you've listened to to five different teams of of minute by minute, uh, movies by minute posts this week. You can find a whole bunch more uh, over on the movies by minutes website, which is at moviesbyminutes.com. So head over there to find that out, uh, and you can find the Bowfinger Minute podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Play, or at the main site bowfingerminute.com. And if you've got time, please subscribe and review the show on Apple Podcasts. And the the singer of the intro music is if I assume that the previous hosts haven't done their own karaoke version, we certainly haven't. Uh, but the the singer for this show's intro music is Mr. Math. Uh, he's available on Spotify. So look for that. And Math is spelled M A P H, pronounced M A F F. Math. I want to say maths. I'm British, but I do that. It's math. Uh, so in closing, <laughs> that'll do it for Buffing a minute five. It's been a long day. Uh, in the, I, I was just listening to you, not helping at all. <laughs> and so for this episode, I have been Jake Lewis. And I'm Mark Hoffmeyer. And I come back next week from another host doing all next week. I put for today, keep it together, keep it together. Keep it together, keep it together. Keep it together. Keep it together, keep it, wait, keep it together, keep it together, keep it together, keep it together, keep it together. Sure.